0: We there yet? WTY! We there yet? The podcast with Rich Kiamko. Ah, that's me. (laughs) We there yet? We there yet? And hi, welcome. Welcome to WTY We There Yet podcast. I'm here live broadcasting from Harborside Atrium in Jersey City. Uh, And I'm here with three of the finalists from... The Sixth Borough Comedy Festival. How are you guys doing tonight? Tonight? Good. Afternoon? Very We're good. <laughs> I'm so on automatic. We just had an incredible non-stop marathon. It's a big <laughs> weekend for you. I, it's a big weekend. I think I, I. feel like I just did five weddings. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm here with Sandeep Sen, uh, Emily Walsh, and Glenn Tickle. Hello. Hi, guys. Hello, people. It is <laughs> afternoon. What time is it? I don't even know what time it is.
1: It's about 4:20. It's 4:20. Oh wow! Yeah. How appropriate.
0: <laughs> appropriate. I feel like it's 4:20, and I don't even use, but I feel like emotionally I'm in that space. Well, we're here, uh, and we're actually we're in another hour. We're going to have a ro- or another two hours, we'll have a roast of Mayor Fulop, and then we're going to have the finalists. The three of you are three of the six finalists of the sixth World Comedy Festival. All of, just to sort of fill our listeners in. So over 130 comedians, performers from around the country. Uh, are here this weekend in Jersey City at the Sixboro Borough Comedy Festival. We had 30 stand-up comedians competing in the stand-up category. There was stand-up sketch, improv, uh, podcasts, and, uh, and this is a podcast. And uh, now we're going to interview the three of them. So uh, congratulations to you all. How do you feel? Sandeep, how are you feeling? It was a, how was your night?
2: Oh, it was a great night. Uh, did, did the stand-up and also the roasting.
0: Oh, right. right. Uh, I'm still
2: confused as to why the mayor is letting us roast him. Does he know, does he know what's going to happen?
0: Does he know what he's in <laughs> store for? Now, now, in 2012, I did a fundraiser for him when he was running for mayor, and I did a comedy event. So he's, he's kind of a comedy nerd. Okay. Like, he's into it, but I don't know if he understands. I mean, we didn't, we didn't try to talk him out of it.
3: <laughs> but, uh,
0: yeah, so he, he, he agreed. So uh, we're You we're would think be... someone
3: would have, though. Some right. advisor would, might have advised against it.
2: but oh. <laughs> I'm excited for him. I, I, it's going to be a good time. <laughs> I think
0: that was uh, a tactful way of saying he's going to die a slow death.
2: I'm just excited
1: for the faces that he makes when he realizes he can't leave the stage right? and that it's going to just keep yeah. going. Have you I'm guys excited. ever been
3: roasted? <laughs> no, I
1: don't, I don't really.
3: That's, I, I did it once for a charity thing and the hardest thing is just sitting there. because, like, I'm not upset about the jokes, but you also don't want to look like a jerk, so you're just sitting there, you can't say anything yet. Like, I don't know what to do with my face.
0: You have to make like a, oh, good
1: joke face. Mm, yeah. I'm not even mad. Great structure, <laughs> I guess. I
0: don't yeah. know. I watched, I, I was watching roast battles. I wanted to practice, but what do people on the dais do? What does the, the guest of honor do? And I guess you just affirm, you've annihilated me. Oh,
2: yeah. awesome, good. I've seen people say
0: compar- incredibly vulgar things. And they're like, Good one, yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm like, wow! <laughs> they just called you a horse, slut, something, 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 I, even more explicit that I can't even think of, and they're like, yeah, nice, neat, <laughs> neat. Thank you again. Great, great well joke done. structure on yeah, that joke about how here. fat
3: I am. Well done.
0: <laughs> well, I guess it's also like maybe it's like improv or sketch, like yes and, just just yeah. kind of oh, go with it. it I think maybe, that's exactly what it is, right? Yeah. But you, 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 so you've done. Have, have you guys done roast? I've one? dabbled. It's not really for you're me. Dabbled. <laughs> I've thrown shade in yeah. my mind. Yeah,
1: I've done like a as part of a bigger competition. There was like a two minutes of roasting everybody else kind of thing. But I don't really get into the
0: battles. Right, and then how do you? What's your? Because I, I so as a comedian, you're more low key, cerebral, in, in you know compared to the, the roast battle. So is it not? Yeah, a genre for me, you it's like? like
1: I just don't enjoy it because so much of it to me is just like visual just meanness I don't know I'm just like a nice person like my jokes are about like how much I love my dog like I don't I don't know I don't really have like rose jokes and the one time I did it I didn't even meet the other comics till I did it because I was coming from out of town I was the one person from out of town so I had to just go on Facebook and like one lady got married so I made a joke about Pinterest like I just kind of you know I don't know it's I see that it's something people really enjoy and when people are really good at it they're really good at it but I just feel like there's so much muck in the middle that I'm not interested in
3: Right, right. And Glenn? I've done uh, not roast battles, but like more traditional roasts, but of friends and like all the people in the dais, we were all friends. So like it was more of the genuine like, oh, like, you know, I'm saying this, but I don't actually mean it. Or you get to do specific jokes that you know about the person that other people probably don't rather than, like you said, the joke structure of roast battles is just, I don't know, you look fat. I'm going to do a bunch of jokes about how fat you look. I don't like your beard or just completely unrelated things about the person? Because I guess you have to give each other information beforehand to do it. Right. I don't know. Right. We had had questionnaires
0: for all the comics, but we just said, you know, look at social media for the the mayor. Yeah, Look at his tweets or look at, look at, just look at the comment section of anything that's happened in in Jersey City and then go for, I mean, if you do that, of course, horrific things happen, but we'll we'll still see.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I say I'm concerned for the mayor, but actually, yeah, if you're a politician, you have to read your, the responses to your tweets. And that's actually, there's nothing that we're going to say that they're really angry. Those, uh, there's some people that any, any time the, the average, the pu- average public person is just seems really angry to me. Or you you're guys
1: just, are just get... cosplaying angry citizens of Jersey city. Like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and yeah, and so. also people that are happy, aren't going to spend time, you know, no. snarking. Yes. Right. It's a selection
3: bias. They're just going to enjoy
0: the waterfront. Right. They're going <laughs> to enjoy their whatever. And then people that are, looking for something.
3: You to- have to really love something to go out of your way to, like, leave a comment about it. But if you're minorly inconvenienced by the slightest thing, you will rant online for 20 minutes.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Yelp is your therapy. Right.
3: <laughs> yeah, you the key took- is the audience has to un-
2: understand what a roast is. I think that's the, one of the main... I'm used to doing roasts, but I often do... Most, most of the time, it's for, other, for com- comedians. Like, the audience is mainly comedians. And we understand what the deal is. And we kind of forget sometimes that actual people... When they hear an awful thing said from one person to another, they, don't, they think you might mean it or they don't understand it's
0: coming from a place of right. like joy and of play, love. Playfulness. It's, it's for the craft and the art of like creating something so surgically striking that you can go right inside of them and like kill their soul, but they still live through it.
3: I do like the writing process of it, though, because it's like very hard jokes, which I don't really do on stage typically. So it's like a nice break from you know storytelling about my kids to like oh like set up punchline this is great right right
0: so the so what was so glenn what was your start what got you started and what what is this a calling is this something uh, what, i went to
3: school for film and then when i graduated i couldn't get anything produced and didn't have the school's camera equipment anymore so <laughs> i just needed something to do and uh all the writing jobs i was getting passed over for a lot of them were going to stand up so i was like I don't mind standing in front of people. I know how to write a joke. I'll just do that. Uh, so I did it as like a way to get writing jobs, but then I really like it for its own sake. So I've stuck with it for 10 years, but it also worked and it's gotten me writing jobs. So okay, do that to get jobs. Everybody just start doing stand up. Emily.
1: Uh, I just kind of started. I, I mean, I went to school for theater production. I went to school for scenic design and I paint scenery for a living. That's what I do. Uh, that's the union I'm in. But, but um, you
0: have that union voice and look.
1: I do. Yeah, I like to take a 15-minute break every two hours, uh, <laughs> so I will be taking one soon. But um, yeah, I started a couple of years ago. I don't. I was always a big comedy fan, and I would always listen to podcasts. And actually, a lot of it was that I was I was working on the TV show Blue Bloods, which is insanely boring to paint because it's just beige walls. Uh, <laughs> And probably boring to watch, actually. I don't know. I've never watched it. But uh, I would just paint for 10 hours a day in a room by myself and listen to podcasts. And finally, I was like, I can, I can do this, too. I'm going to go do this. And uh, here we are now. I don't know.
0: Wow. And okay. I'm still
1: painting walls beige just during the day. Oh, well, you got a union job. Don't, <laughs> yeah. don't
0: be dumping that union job.
1: Some great insurance. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> right.
0: Right. If, if you want. I mean, I'm willing to be on your insurance plan, too. Oh,
1: wonderful. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect.
0: And did,
2: did I just hear a marriage proposal? Is that what happened? <laughs> uh, I uh, had a fear of public speaking my whole life, so uh, I decided to take a comedy class. I was going to do a, like a Toastmasters, which is just a regular public speaking class. then I thought I'm going to hear people who are shitty at giving public spee- speeches give speeches about boring shit. So I thought, let me take a comedy class. At least I'll hear some jokes. And uh, then I just did the comedy class. It was the most terrifying thing. Uh, for two years at open mics, I would just be really nervous before going on at open mics, and but I, mean, I really loved it. It was kind of a thrill when I did our class show. Right. Uh, it was kind of like when you are afraid of going on a roller coaster, and then you your parents make you go, and you're crying, and then after it, you're like, all right, I want to go again. Um, that you, was that was the Did experience you cry of the it. first time you did stand up? No, but I mean, it was I had more. Mo- it was the, the emotional fear was way more than crying. It was, were your uh, parents there? No, they were not, and uh, they would they <laughs> would see you much later <laughs> Uh, Not go. like my jokes. You're a man now. <laughs> uh, then I did the class show and I, I did well at the class show. So I thought I was a comedian. And so I had copies made of my DVD of five minutes wow. and I went to the comedy cellar and I, I gave, I'm like, uh, That's adorable. uh, I'm a comedian now. Uh, I would like to perform at your establishment. I went to care. I did it at Caroline's. <laughs> so I went to Caroline's and, I'm like, oh, I can I can do comedy. Because in my mind, I thought, if I made 50 random people laugh... Sure.
1: Surely don't... anyone will laugh.
2: This is a random sampling of the population. This is how they take polls. I mean, maybe I'm 3% off, but that's still a good show. And um, <laughs> Not just really supportive friends and family. Right, I, uh, other
0: beginning comedians. A right. biased audience of yeah. people that are paying to be there to support and laugh.
2: Yes. The holes in the logic are very evident to me now. But at the time... <laughs> I didn't... Uh, I remember they were very nice. I I, I remember I went to the comedy store. They were very nice. They were nicer. They're like, well, you know, it kind of doesn't work like that. But then you see all the stuff like, no, you got to not take no for an answer. Be aggressive. So I'm like, no, take my DVD. And then they took it. And I burned it, I'm sure. But (laughs) you know, they didn't like piss on me in front of me, which is very nice. How much much did
1: did that cost (laughs) to make 50 DVD copies of five minutes? In those days. I
2: don't, I don't think much, but yeah, it wasn't free. That's yeah, for sure. You had to yeah. make the copies of the DVD. I,
0: I mean, I had, I, had a, I had a DVD. This is how old I am. I had like a, DVD, a triple DVD burner. I would make DVDs and demo cases. I'd be mailing them, mailing to like colleges for bookings. This is I would do that
3: I, with film stuff. We had like the big stack one on campus. So you put the one you're copying on top and just like spit out 20. So it would take, you know, 10 minutes instead of a day. Right. It's very convenient. But now we don't need it. We just have links because the right. internet everything's took just over. A, everything's just digital. It's the death links. of physical media. Yeah, I don't have right.
0: anything that could play a DVD if I wanted to. I feel I'm bad when people say, "Hey, buy my CD. It's a band. My new CD." But but I don't. What well, will a I do with that CD player? It's like. <laughs> Check out this cotton gin.
3: <laughs> if it's a band I really like or somebody I specifically want to support, like I'll buy their thing, but then I'll still stream it. You like, just I don't, download it. Even now, they give you the cards where you can just go to I, and yeah. you can
2: go on iTunes, right? Don't they do that? Yeah, you can bands? buy
1: a download code just so you're right. giving them money in the moment, and then you still download it. Right. It'll
3: come included in a lot of stuff now. Like if you order a band's like album on vinyl, it comes with the download code to get it. That makes sense. Yeah, if
2: the band's still giving you CDs, they don't deserve. Like, dude, get a download code, man. <laughs>
0: It's, yeah, it's, but there's something, I guess, about hipster about this vintage idea of a CD. Well, now it's not even
1: CDs. People are making uh, tapes and they just have download codes and the tapes have their audio on them. A couple, I've seen a couple of comics do this. Wow. And it's just for the nostalgia of it. And no one like listens to the tape, but it's like a way to deliver the download code is to be in this. Right. Because you need to have some sort of object. Yeah.
3: I've seen people try to sell the cards with just the code after shows and it never. Seems to go well, because I think a lot of audience members don't understand what it is they're buying.
1: And they don't want to just take this piece of paper and then lose it
0: and then yeah. be like, oh, I spent $10. So if you
3: can give them a CD, even if they're never going to listen to it, like they'll buy it, but then, you know, put, put still a piece be of paper it'll with a code in it. will still be in, in plastic.
0: It. The CD will still be in plastic sitting yeah. there. I have yeah.
3: so many, like mo- any albums that I've bought physically in the last 10 years have probably, I've, I've not played them on anything other than online. But I have them just because they're bands that I like. I was like, "Oh, I want you to do well." Like, here, take my twenty dollars. Right. It's more
0: like a. It's more like an in-kind donation. Not, yeah. You're, yeah. You're just exchanging an object in exchange for the right. money, but you're not gonna. It's more symbolic. You can wear it or put it on the wall like a like a piece of art. Now, so parental relationships. I know. i will go back to you Sunday because we'll close. But so parents what's their take on your comedy and how does it drive your comedy um, feed, inform
3: my, your comedy my parents are weirdly supportive uh it makes wow. all of my comedy friends uncomfortable <laughs> i mean they all love my dad comes to a lot of stuff so they all know and love my dad uh, my mom started coming when i started doing comedy but then at one point she's like look i i love you and i think you're very funny he's like i just i don't want to sit through another open mic <laughs> i was like i get it mom i don't either like oh, wow. So you
0: have, a, you have an intimate relationship with your mother and your dad has this aspirational denial.
3: He shows up to a lot. I think he enjoys it more. Like my mom will go to things to support me. My dad just genuinely likes going to comedy shows. Oh, okay. So okay. he's been, like, he, he comes a lot. Wow. Yeah, and then I, I see other comics and they're like, your dad comes to shows? <laughs> you, wow. you talk to your Is dad? Is that your actual dad or do yeah. you
0: cosplay? <laughs> you play dad? No, we world.
3: look almost identical. Yeah, it's, it's hard, to, hard to miss.
0: Wow. Mr. Okay. Tickle. Yeah. Mr. Daddy Tickle. And <laughs> Daddy Tickle. Granny Tickle. Grad- graddy, What is it? Grad- gramps Tickle. <laughs>
3: He's, I think my kids call him Grandpa. He's Papa to my nephews. Or no, my nieces. And then I think also Grandpa to my nephews. Gramps. That's a weird thing when you're a grandpa. Uncle,
0: t- Uncle Tickle is probably creepier. Yeah. yeah. I think when
3: you become a grandparent like that, my in-laws told us what they want our kids to call them. And I think my parents are just letting the kids sort it out for themselves. Because it is weird to be like, call me Papa. <laughs> like-
1: yeah, my uncle is Paca, which is just because like the oldest of the grandkids was trying to say, I guess Papa and yeah. said Paka. I think that's and how... And now we're... we just call... But I call him Paka sure. and he's my uncle because I think it's normally just like, how it that's Paka. I don't know. Oh,
0: so the name just, just rebranded him completely.
1: Well, he's been that for now for 25 years and I ca- every once in a while I'd be like, Uncle Jack and people would be like, what? And I'd be like, fucking forget it. Fine, Paka. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
0: Now we have a cousin baby and she's like 68. <laughs> but that's a Filipino thing. There's always like your legal name, your nickname and then some other name that has nothing to do with either of the two. You know, it's like Hilda, but it's uh baby or Tatang. But you know, you just have these other, you know, it's like you have your name, nickname and a password. <laughs> so, and and you?
2: Oh, this I my parents are supportive. Oh, okay. you this whole thing them. about the Yeah, okay. Well, the yeah, I mean, my parents beat me. I mean, I'm still brown. I mean, I right. they, I have a parallel universe supportive. to you
0: with my parents beating me. So I'm just wondering, like, did they use objects? Did they use their hands? No, it was pretty much the hands. Just hands. Yeah, okay, they, so didn't,
2: they didn't get weaponry involved, fortunately. Okay.
0: They're, they're low tech. My parents used, like, chairs or plates for shame yeah. or shame. But once you get taller
2: than them, then, you know, that, that ended. So that... <laughs> Once I was like 16, it was pretty much over.
0: Well, I used to pretend to cry when my mom would spank me because she had no upper body or any strength, right? But my dad, you didn't have, you would just, you know, you would you would be physically and, you know, emotionally assaulted. You would definitely be crying even before he touched you. Well, I read your, we
2: Rich had us give a, our little bios for the roast battles. Uh, and I'm like, my God, yours, <laughs> I see why Rich is so funny. I didn't re- this is, I'm like, this is where the damage is. Okay. There's like every, you're like every form of support that you could have had, like people in high school, random people, your parents, <laughs> he was getting it from all sides. I thought it was you... really awesome that you
0: became class president because at the beginning, it seemed like people didn't want you at their school. Oh, they def- there was definitely different factions of of, of heavy liking or heavy disliking but I, I was president before i came out uh, i became after i came out i think i was still treasurer or secretary but it was more like did the they con- demote you like the, right no, when impeach. you came out? the council the council voted me in but it was not through a, a po- it was not a popular vote uh, gotcha. it was more of a the electoral college, electoral college somehow. the student council voted me in after i came out it was yeah no it was not pretty after i came out it was pretty i knew who my friends were but I, it was very clear audio wise throughout school who was on my team? Because most of the time I was walking to the high school and everyone was going, fag, AIDS, homo. And they wouldn't let me drink from the water fountain. It wasn't for racial reasons. It was like, we're all going to die if he drinks from the water fountain. It was all this, it was a very small town. Wow. Very small town. I and mean, they, they called me the N-word because they didn't, they'd never seen anyone darker than this. They didn't that have was the vocabulary I, like, to do it, right? Right. They didn't even know. And I didn't know. I'm like, am I? What are, the, <laughs> who are the, Didn't we see Roots? Like, <laughs> But Roots hadn't come out yet. Right or I don't whatever it was we had well my town didn't get cable for a long time so you know it was like a lot of sounds catchy. like not a
3: lot of them are gonna sit down and watch Roots <laughs>
0: right, right I don't think it's gonna yeah it was very weird I didn't no, even... I think
3: they I think they got the spirit right because you use the n
0: word <laughs>
3: <laughs> to
2: demean someone who looks different than you you know what they really and to make you feel it. So I think they I think they used it correctly
0: you know Wooddale Bensonville they really did the best they could with their ignorance to like <laughs> hurt somebody yeah.
1: It seems like it was effective. So yeah, yeah, look at me, look at me now. About. It has, it has If it weren't effect. for that, got I would the not... the job
0: done, so... If it weren't for that experience through my entire high school, would I really be out here trying to get random people to love me? No. Would I be in some, you know, some, some, uh, you know, random rest stop trying to get affirmed by, you know, an undercover cop? No! This is where it's at. This is, you know... So thank you, Jerry Vondruska, Bill mm-hmm. Beckman, you know... Steve Schultz, and all the other people, Dan Jakubowski.
3: I had a fairly uneventful childhood, but I'm also still trying to get random people to love me. Like, that's my closer. (laughs) I literally make the audience scream my name and that they love me.
0: Right, I know. You do this whole bit, I guess, that you... Get the whole audience
3: to affirm you verbally so you yeah, can send it to I the need, person who heckled you. I need it.
0: <laughs> what, so then what was the, what's the premise? Does that really happen? What was the story of that?
3: Uh, that's, it's real. Uh, this so explain guy, for the listeners the whole thing. Sure. Uh, so I got heckled uh, at a show at Music Fest in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. It's the largest ungated music festival in the country. So it's a big, hundreds of people in the room. Some guy in the back. It was a showcase. So there's like 15 of us on the show. I'm in the middle. Some guy's calling stuff out. Everybody's just ignoring him and trying to do the set. I go up, make a joke about him being drunk. And then I wrap up my set. I get down. Uh, I, I leave it out of the story when I tell it on stage because it's not that interesting. But he came up to me after. And I was like next to the stage. So he's like, hey, man, I was just trying to help your set. Like I'm just trying to like help you. And he's clearly drunk. And he's 10 feet away from another comedian trying to perform. So I'm like, well you're not helping, you're not helping me, you're not helping them. And then I had him kicked out. So then him and his three friends were with him all like spammed my Facebook page to be like, we hate you, you're the worst comedian we've ever seen. I'm like, right, but now I know your names. Like before you are just the drunk guy at this show I did, now you're Dan Huff. Like you're an idiot. (laughs) So I've been, that happened in 2011. And not every show, but a lot of them, I make the audience yell at him and that they love me. And then I started sending him the videos on Facebook until he blocked me, which was almost immediately, of course. <laughs> but then I, still, I you still post them a lot of the time. Oh, that's fun. It's, that's fun. Know, it's fun to make an audience of people scream at a guy you hate and then that they love you. <laughs> it feels great. Nice.
0: Emily, your parental relationships?
1: Uh, my mom is actually, she's pretty into it because I think she has the luxury of being supportive because I have like a steady income already. So <laughs> that's the key. She's that's like, key. oh, this fun thing you do sometimes. Like, she doesn't really get it. And like, she'll call me during the week and I'll, I'll be at a show and she'll be like, well, you did a show yesterday. Like why? And I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to, I try to do them as much as possible. Like she just is like, well, I thought that was what you did like once a week. It's like a fun thing. And then another day you like go to spin class. Like she doesn't really <laughs> it's like
3: a bowling league.
1: Yeah. Like she doesn't fully, fully grasp it. But, uh, but, but she she's wat- very It's supportive. like watering your
0: plants. Like you just, when they
1: need yeah. it. She also, you know, she'll hear things on the radio or on TV and, and talk about really famous people and be like, oh yeah, like they're, you know, they just did a show at this place. Why don't you do that? I'm like, yeah, I'll just call the Wilbur theater and just headline. It's no, but I'll be up there in a little bit. Like, don't worry.
0: Madison so, Square Garden uh, is like hard it's it just the schedule's tight.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're just busy. They've got a lot going on with the basketball and stuff. That's what my be, dad would do. He was yeah. like, "Oh,
3: I hear they're doing comedy at Madison Square Garden now." You just should make give them a phone call. call.
1: Yeah, like, SNL teams in DVD. New York, right? Yeah. Drop like,
0: off your DVD. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. My uh my extended family comes to a lot of shows. They really and they call it Emily's comedy skit. And Aww. I <laughs> I recently headlined a family barbecue. <laughs> uh, who books that because wow. okay. uh well so my cousins they got married when they were 25 and they their birthdays are in the same month so they both turned 50 and had their 25th wedding anniversary uh so they had a party and their last name is mishler so it was Mishstock. <laughs> and i hit line mish stock and they made wristbands and they actually paid me uh which was awkward but i took it yeah of course yeah Get yeah they benmoed me after i left but i i did like 25 <laughs> minutes and They had a bunch of friends there. There was probably like 100 people there. Like, it was pretty fun, but it was also like all day they were like, oh, you know, their parents, my aunt and uncle are in their 80s and they're very Catholic. And then they have grandkids that are as young as like 10. And all day, all the grown up age people were like, the little ones and the big ones, they'll all be in bed by the time you do your set. Like, don't worry, the little ones and the big ones, they'll all be gone. And then 10 o'clock rolls around and they're like, well, we've never made it out to see you. So we're going to watch you're set now. Like we're going to watch the skit now. So then all the grandkids are like sitting in my head. I was Like front row, right in front. So I was going to do like 40. I did like 20. Cause I was like, Oh, all right.
0: Uh, cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Got to I cut out side. half the 20 set. 20, 20 yeah. minutes of family friendly. and then Just it-
1: family friendly, like jabs at my cousins. Like I, and, and I had written a couple like roasty type jokes for them and, and my family also just loves making fun of the fact that I'm, like, a New Yorker that, like, doesn't have kids. They think it's, like, wild so that, like, I don't go to Target every other day. Like, I don't know. They just have a very <laughs> standard lifestyle, so they think I'm, like, insane. Um, so I just made fun of myself for 20 minutes.
2: I did, a, I did an engagement. One of my cousins got engaged. I was doing time. And in the middle of it, like, a five-year-old, my five-year-old, like, cousin's kid comes up and just starts hugging me. In the middle of my set, <laughs> in the of your set. <laughs> so, I got a hugging ovation nice, from
3: nice. from a
2: five year old. It was hard to do all the time then, but, but that did. Uh, sometimes people heckle you and they throw off your timing, but you never. You, you, it's a different thing when it's they different hug than a you.
0: Physical embrace. Yeah, <laughs> he was trying to like pull you out of your your automatic funny and just just love me. Love me. And you're like no fucking love me. Laugh at my joke. <laughs> it's about me right now. I also
1: me. have some jokes about some family members, and I told them. As if they weren't sitting right there, because I was like, I don't really know how to handle this. I'm just gonna tell this joke like I would tell it, but then every time they'd have to take a five minute pause to be like, Oh, it's about him. Like, <laughs> He's right there. Oh my god! I'm like, yeah, he is.
0: Cool. <laughs> now, vision. What's your big picture, Glenn Tickle? What What do you want in your big picture?
3: Uh, like, I don't know that I've ever thought about it. I I just like doing comedy and writing things, so I've been doing that for a while. Um, but I—I I mean, a lot of my jokes are about I'm—I'm I'm married and have kids, so like, I like spending time with them. So, uh, I'm, it makes me <laughs> what? unappealing Do you love to your
0: like family. You yeah, love I know. What kind of comedy I'm are you? I'm a races? dork. Uh,
3: I mean, I feel like it makes me unappealing to Asians and stuff because they're like, oh, we can get you out. I got offered uh, a cruise ship, but they wanted me for three months. I was like, no, <laughs> like absolutely not. Uh, so they're like, oh, we'll get you out on the road. 200 days a year. I was like, how about 50? Like, I'll do 50. Is that? It? And space them out. I want to be home a lot. So I do. I try to do stuff uh, around where I live, but it's in like a very rural part of New Jersey. So my options are limited. I tour colleges a lot because they pay well enough to kind of justify the time away. But then, you know, doing like a feature spot in a hotel breakfast bar weekend comedy club in Des Moines probably isn't going to be worth it. But right. Right. Know. I made a movie my last year of college. I would like to do that again. If anybody has a large sum of money they would like to hand to me.
0: Okay. So you're, you're, you can pitch it. You're ready to pitch. Is it ready to pitch or is it?
3: Uh, no. Cause I, like since I mean, I graduated college in 2007. So like I have a bunch of scripts that I've written. I'd have to like pick one, but
0: okay. it's fun. Okay. Emily vision. Uh,
1: my end goal is just to be able to stop painting scenery before I need new knees that's kind of where i'm at yeah it's so a
0: really low bar it's yeah. a really realistic yeah. got, relatable i mean goal.
1: i've got like I've got, eight to I've, ten years i've, so I've got good. 50
0: years to go till my knees blow out but
1: oh no i think it'll be sooner than that
0: but oh. uh, yeah you're hoping you're hoping your knees just blow out any minutes so i can mean make
1: it. i don't need to get into it but i do a typical 10 hour day on concrete so they're going Ooh. they're going sooner wow. than
0: so you is it the union doesn't give you pads or
1: i mean yeah they do but Ten hours is still ten hours. I Christ. fell
3: down two months ago and hit my knees, and they still hurt. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. like, I, don't, I, just, I went to the doctor, and they're like, it's probably, you didn't really do any damage. Like They checked them, and they're like, yeah, let's just get used to it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I went. I literally had that happen about six months ago because one of my knees started clicking, and they were like, that just happens now. Yeah,
3: that's the sound you need. And your
1: I knees said, neat. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, before I need new knees. Okay, so that's...
0: your vision is before knees, I want to see my family. Here's the yeah. thing I shot. I'm pitching. And then, so, Sandip, what's your...
2: I just want to do more stand-up comedy and go around, travel around, do comedy.
0: Right, right.
2: And do more of that.
0: So, what's something you discovered in the process of comedy that you didn't expect to discover about yourself? Like some... Was there any moment of insight or, oh, my God, or...
3: I think after my first kid was born, uh, I'd been doing comedy for about four years at that point. Uh, And... Once she was born, I started doing jokes about having kids. Those jokes worked better than the other jokes that I wrote. So I was like, I'll just keep doing this, cause, which is great, because I only want to talk about my kids most of the time anyway. Uh, so the fact that now it's pretty much my job to just stand in one spot and talk about myself and my children, like, yeah, this is great. Uh, and I wasn't expecting that. But like, you hear, we've heard it all, I'm sure, from other places. Like, oh, yeah, like the audience really tells you what they expect from you as a, com- as a comic. And I'm like, oh, apparently people just want me to do jokes about my kids, which, like, deal. I'll do it. Okay, Emily?
1: Um, I don't know, like, big overarching, like, learning. I've only been doing stand-up two years, so I feel like I'm still figuring a lot of that out. I've definitely learned audience-wise. I can be very self-deprecating in the five boroughs, but the second I make fun of myself outside of New York City... <laughs> People just want to hug me and that doesn't really work comedically. Last night was very well lit and four or five people in the front, like I made fun of myself at one point and they just went, oh, and I was like, no, that's not, that's not the goal. Stop being so nice. You need to be more jaded and selfish. Appreciate that I wrote this joke for you to laugh at. I don't need
3: you to rescue me.
1: Yeah, exactly. I don't know. That happened
3: to me in Nebraska once. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I did a joke about how I hurt my back once, and they're like, oh, sweetie.
1: Yeah, like the first time I was like out of town, out of town in State College, Pennsylvania, which is like five hours away, Uh, I had about 15 family members there because I have an enormous extended family, and then just a bunch of like middle-aged couples on date night, and I like (laughs) made a lot of jokes about how I like live with my boyfriend who I'm not married to, and that makes my mom upset, and that I like dress weird, and they were like, we hate all of that. We hate that you do those things, and we wish you weren't here. And I was like, "Cool, I'll write some do- jokes about my dog and my car. I don't know." So,
3: I did a show in State College, and there was a couple on their first date, and then they got married, and they brought me out to officiate. Oh wow, that's kind fun. And I was like, fun. "Oh, that's I don't think this is a good idea." But then they told no. me like how they thought their wedding would go, and it was all like. Star Wars jokes and Doctor Who references is like, all oh, right, like, yeah, I'll do it. That. It ended up being really great. But I'm like, if it doesn't, I, it won't be my fault. It's not <laughs> like, my fault. Yeah, you
1: chose it's, this. Yeah. It's in a
3: planetarium. like, all right, let's roll the dice. It yeah. was very fun. That's cool. They're still married, I think. And a planetarium comedy <laughs> yeah. show. Okay. I had to go to a Pittsburgh planetarium to marry two people who saw me do comedy. Once. <laughs> I was like, all right.
0: Wow. So, sound debut. any aha moments? Well, I think I've
2: learned... Uh, for me, personally, it's this resilience. I think a lot of the fear of public speaking is you're, you're afraid of rejection. And, uh, oh, it, it feels so important if, um, if you do well or if you don't do well. And I think you need to bomb a lot and to realize it doesn't matter. And, you know, you, you're, no one's going to care about it after you're done. And you have to stop uh, being in that place where everything has to be, uh, where the stakes are so high, when it's just, it's just comedy.
0: Right. Uh, right.
2: And I think that's where a lot of that came from. I'm still learning to do that, but I think there's a lot of resilience that comes from from doing stand-up comedy.
0: Right, right. I mean, I had a gig which was which sounded cool. It was like a Star Wars jazz themed event, right? There's that like a, great. a jazz orchestra <laughs> band yeah. doing their riffs. Of, Are they just playing music from like the Star Wars well, cantina? They're, they're, like, taking, they're taking Star Wars and then they're doing their own kind of funk jazz around it, and then it's costumes. So people show up all dressed and and in between the sets, I'll do a little you know thing. I was going to pl- I was going to plug the Six Comedy Festival for it, right? So I'm like, oh, this will be fun. And like, I don't have any actual co- so I'm just kind of grabbing stuff from my closet. Like the Landau Kalerizian was like the 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 image for the event. I'm like, okay, well I'm going to do like a a Spandau Ballet Kalerizian. You could pull look. off a cape. Yeah. So I had like shoulder bra- and all this just all this stuff I could pull out of my closet that I you know after I've decluttered and thrown out everything in my life. Uh, and so I show up all ready to go and no one dressed up. And I'm like, I felt like Reese Witherspoon in Legally Blonde when she shows up in like the, the, the uh, Playboy Bunny. Oh, outfit. yeah, the uh, party. The frat party. So, and then people have their smoke machines, but they're passing out lightsabers. So, like, how do you keep it, people's attention when one, no one's really there to see comedy? They have lightsabers, <laughs> there's a smoke machine. And you know, it's funny, it was like there was a couple, just like three or four couples that were actually there. And the rest were whatever. And I just, I just went to take, you know, couple one, two, three. Like you said, it's just comedy. And I was like so committed to it that I didn't care. I had the, the, those couples had a great time while everyone else was sword fighting or drinking or fucked yeah. up. And then it-
1: you have to just choose joy because, like, the first time you travel to perform for like six people, you're like, oh, okay, this could be terrible, or I could just really get to know these six people <laughs> <Right>. and like <laughs> right. hope it goes well because I right. took a bus to get here or whatever. And yeah, right. comedy
2: is one thing that still happens without consent sometimes.
3: Uh, <laughs> right. People. Yeah. You show up in a bar and there's people who are just there to drink. They, yeah. do, not want, they do not want to hear comedy. They're catching they want up to with drink. a pal. Yeah. And you're
1: like, hi, like, we're, no, we're going ahead for
0: jokes. Yeah.
1: You're like, no, thank you. Please. Hey. I took a train to
0: be here. Hey, I was paid to be here. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys want to be here? Too? Yeah. I know you're not being paid to be here, but I'm being paid to be here. Can you? Mm. Oh, Oh, okay. I just going to love myself. <laughs> cool. Cool. Cool.
3: <laughs> well, we met a while ago, uh, at a Showcase to do college. Oh, shows. right, college showcase. And right. doing those uh, has really taught me uh, don't like to just do the hour. Like it doesn't matter if anybody's there because it's such a coin flip doing colleges. Like whether they've promoted it at all, whether anybody's going to be there. Sometimes it's like a giant room and there's hundreds of people, and other times it's three. It's the three kids who booked you. You're like, oh, all right, I guess I'm just going to hang out with you guys for an hour on Valentine's Day. Cool, <laughs> right? Yeah, or right. Cafeteria. Or
1: yeah, something. and
3: like, know, you can. If you just do it, it's fine. And if you don't, I mean, they don't pay you. So just just right. do it. Right. I remember trying I mean, to enjoy yourself. I was
0: in a giant, like, atrium like this for I forgot what college, but it was like the 12 students. They're like, oh my God, we forgot to advertise. <laughs> yeah. But we got all the money for you. <laughs> we printed all I mean, these flyers. We got a check, but we, a check. we have a great, the check, the full yep. payment. I'm like, awesome. And you flew me out. I love my hotel room. But I get here, I'm like, oh my God, it's 12 of you in a giant, like, Mall atrium, but I got a standing ovation from twelve yeah. students. It feels know?
3: terrible to start, but by the end of it, you're like, I don't know, I've I've learned a lot about all six of you.
0: <laughs> right,
3: We're like, I know what your majors are. I know when you
0: graduate. <laughs> like, I'm rooting for you. Let's work on a vision board after the show. You know, it's just it was so personal at that point. Right. My record low
2: for performing in front of anyone was one and a half.
0: One and a half. It was, was it two a baby? people. A dog.
2: No, it was two people, and then <laughs> one went to the bathroom during my sets. and died.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's the roast punch line.
1: <laughs> I did a festival once and it was at it was like the first night of the festival and it was at a restaurant. And when I got there, there were about 15 people there. I was the last person in the lineup. The host gets on stage and he's like, all right, you guys we've got one more comic left. And the two guys that were left stood up when he said that and walked out. Like as I was walking to the stage, they like passed me on their way out. And I was like, let's just leave. Let's all leave. Like I didn't, I didn't do my set. I was like, it's literally just comics and the bartender wants to go home. Like, let's let's call it a day. I was wow. doing
3: a road gig a couple of weeks ago and I get there and the booker's like, there's no audience tonight. We're probably just going to cancel. Uh, we're going to give it a few more minutes. She makes the decision to cancel the show. The feature takes the money and runs. And then I'm, like, talking to the host. And then 10 people walk in. And she's like, all right, we're going to do it. And I was like, all right. Like, (laughs) I just got so used to the idea of I was still getting paid to not have to do anything. Even though I love doing comedy. I'm like, I did it. The show went fine. But I'm like, I also could have been home an hour and a half ago. Well yeah, like, you got know, cocky.
2: And, you stayed at the scene of the crime. I know. Yeah.
3: Like I, the the feature was smarter than me. He's like, "Yep, bye." As soon as he has money in hand, he's out the door. <laughs> right,
0: right, right. So, uh, how can people find you on social media?
3: Uh, just at Glenn Tickle everywhere. Glenn at with one in. Glenn uh, Tickle. Yeah, T-I-C-K-L-E, like the word, like the helmet. I mean, there's probably o- you're the only Glenn school.
0: Tickle out there.
3: There's three. Uh, there's me. I've looked into it. There's uh, an investment banker in Australia who is, has no interest in any time. I think it would be funny to do something with other Glenn Tickles. He's not not interested. And then there's another one who's in a band in Virginia. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. And Emily, how do they find you?
1: Uh, well, there's a there used to be a website called howmanyofme.com dot com, and there's 131 Emily Walshes in the United States. So, uh, but you can find me at, it's Walsh E Walsh on Twitter and Instagram, but there's under it's Walsh underscore E underscore Walsh.
0: Yeah, yeah I found little, you. It, I had to yeah. dig. There was a lot you gotta of. You got to
1: dig. There's a lot of Emily Walsh's. You can't just look up Emily Walsh.
0: So, but you spell Walsh, W A L S H. S H underscore. And e. if you
1: look up, I have, my website's Emily So if you really want to find me, start there. But, okay. Uh, yeah.
0: Okay. And Sandeep, uh, my
2: website's Sandeep I P S E N. Sandeep Sen on Facebook. Sandeep Sen Comic at Twitter and Instagram.
0: Awesome. Well, you guys, I'm so excited to see you kill it tonight. All the best to you. And again, uh, let's give it up for all of our... Let's give it up. All of you. All of you <laughs> here. All the people in the Super audience, look, look at this. Four you've been a great Speaking audience. Speaking of performing Woo! for three people, they're yeah. are literally taking the you've
2: chairs been, away. You've been yeah. a great audience. Yeah, they're literally the pulling three out three chairs
0: based on ticket sales.
2: There are a lot of chairs that you guys are very optimistic. I like the... Thank like you. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you guys so much. I'm Rich Campco. You've been listening to WTY We There Yet podcast. Uh, if you liked us, check us out. Give us a little note on uh, iTunes or on SoundCloud. I'm Rich Campco. Thanks so much.
3: WTY.
0: It's a comedy journey.